I thought, there we go. Uh, I lost 30 pounds since we've been together last. That's a fib. Uh, I'm on the other side of losing, uh, if you want to know the truth. But anyway, I did have reconstruction on my left shoulder here. So uh, if you're wondering what happened to me, uh, there's not been any violence in our home or anything like that. I'm, I'm uh, doing all right. And so also... And super, super important, I became a grandpa. Is that cool or what? And today is my granddaughter's first live service, little Ellie Marcotte. And so I am so appreciative of the opportunity to be a grandpa and also to be here with you. You know, I was thinking as I was sitting in the second uh, row there of chairs that uh, throughout my ministry, uh, which is like 15 years or so, um, I have had the privilege, okay, 30 years, uh, I've had the privilege of speaking when we planted a church literally to three or four. I mean, preaching on Sunday morning to three or four, uh, and, and we had some great times, and that church is, is flourishing to this day. And then later on, as we ministered there, I had the privilege of being invited to uh, host and, and speak at uh, a 9-11 event. And so there, I, I was able to speak literally to thousands at that event. And then numerous times over the years to, to hundreds. And I can just tell you this, wherever I have been able to speak at any given time uh, throughout my ministry... There's no place that I would rather be than in this place with you right here today. No place I would rather be than right here sharing God's love with this church. It is going to be an exciting summer if you are our guest today and, and even for those that are our regular attenders, we are working toward a building. We're working at some details. Pray with us that all of those details come together and by the fall that we're able to worship in our own setting, not because we idolize buildings, but because we believe they're effective tools to reach more people for the cause of Jesus Christ. And, and so that's going to be great, and we ask you to pray with us for that. But there's no place today that I would rather be than with this group. And you're the place that God has called me, called us, and given me such a love for. And so thank you for being here today. Just a privilege to, to worship in person with you. I have uh, enjoyed all of the messages, all of the music, everything we've done. People have come to Christ. Actually, Easter weekend, there's never been an Easter weekend where more people came to faith in Jesus Christ in America. We sang about it this morning. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned around and used it for good, right? Amen. So that's good stuff. And so a lot of great things have happened, and we appreciate that and look forward to more. And we begin a new series today. I'm really excited about it. It's called Reset. And so if you have your Bibles and would like to turn there to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And as you're doing that this morning, it's been, let me remind you, it's been since the middle of March, since the beginning of COVID-19 that we have met in person together. And we have since then had this safer at home, shelter at home process that we've been in which for many of us has meant work at home. And, and how many of you, husband and wife, 
are both working or have been working at home at the same time? Raise your hand, okay? How many of you need to book like a marriage seminar or something <laughs> like that uh, because you've been home a little too long uh, with each other? But anyway, so it's meant uh, working at home together. It's meant uh, homeschooling for many of you. And it's meant being with your children a lot more. And it's meant that we've only worshiped together online. So, so many things have happened over the last 90 days. And one of them being that hopefully you've had a good amount of time to think, to reflect, to consider the things in your life. First of all, to reflect on what's happening in the world. If you stop and, and just think about it, I, I think for my generation, 29 and under, <laughs> my generation, I think this is like the most significant. You can laugh, but not that loud, all right? I mean, that makes me feel bad. So for my generation, it's, it's uh, probably the most significant time of my adult life. I can't remember any time that's been more contentious than this in our culture. And hopefully you've had time to reflect on what's going on in the world. I think one of the things that surprises me is this. Why, are we, why do we seem as believers to be caught off guard by it? It's one thing when people in society say, oh, what's happening? You know, society is in, in such trouble. It's having so many problems. It's one thing for them to say it, but it's another for us to say it because we shouldn't be caught off guard. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes about what God's word says and, and what we need to reflect on and, and remind ourselves of. So this new series called Reset, it's going to be a great series. We're going to look at several different aspects and, and review several different things. But to reset means to set as though it was, to return to a norm, or to change moving forward. So we're going to push reset on some things that need to return to normal or need to change moving forward. I don't know about you, but one of the greatest frustrations in my life before I started putting all of my passwords on, on something in my phone was how many times I had to reset a password. And, and technology, some of you know, that's not my gig, okay? I, I, can, I can manage, but it's, it's not my gig, and I will forget a password, and I won't know where to find it, and if Kristen's not there, you know, I can get myself in a heap of trouble. But it's not only what you change to move forward. Some things, it's to go back to. And so reflecting on the, the things that are happening in our world, but also happening in our world. We're going to get a chance to push reset on some things happening in our world that are affected by what's happening in the world. You know, maybe you've made it through all of this process over the last three months perfectly. In fact, maybe it's been a tremendous blessing to you 
to have some extra downtime and and maybe there's been no loss financially and and uh, you, you just have extra time with your family, extra time to review your life and, and all of those types of things. It's been a great blessing. And I'm happy that it's been that for you. But maybe you're here today and it's been a terrible time. Maybe you've lost all or most of your income. Maybe you had a sick family member from COVID or something else that's created a significant difficulty. Maybe you've just been stressed by everything that's happening in the world. Maybe you just have had trouble letting go and letting God be in control without trying to manage it all for God. But we have the opportunity as we go through this new series, Reset, we have the opportunity to decide what we need to stop doing. I mean, have you found some things that you just, you think maybe you should stop doing during this process? Some things maybe that you need to start doing. Maybe there's something as you've had time to reflect, as you've had some some pause in your life in the evenings, you know, uh, and you got sick of binging on Netflix the first week. And so you, you started to think, what, what, need, what do I need to start doing? And then hopefully there have been a whole lot of things that you've said to yourself, and I need to keep doing that. But you have time to reflect. It's in moments like this that we can reflect. And so we start this season or we've had the opportunity in this season and we're going to continue that to reset, to put it to the, the old normal because it needs to return or set it forward to a new time. And this, this weekend, we're going to start that process of, of resetting by reviewing. We're going to talk about reviewing what we've done. You see, there's transformational power in reviewing. To examine or to inspect or critically evaluate our lives. And I find that some people, as my father-in-law calls them, there's kind of two types of people. You're either a navel gazer, as he calls them. I had never heard the term. You're one of those people who constantly wants to reflect and look inside. And sometimes you accomplish nothing because you're so intent on reflection or you tend to be the type who maybe doesn't reflect enough. There's not enough critical evaluation. One author put it this way. It's a time to gain a new perspective, to stroll along the back roads of our minds, to think about what and where and why. Such visits through the museum of our memory never fail to assist us in evaluating the way we were and the way that we're establishing ourselves and the way that we want to be. And that's what Paul does in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to start in just a moment in verse 1 and go through verse 14. But at this time, Timothy is overwhelmed. See, what the Apostle Paul would do is he would go and start a missionary church and and he would start this church, he would raise up leaders, people would come to faith, and then he would put somebody in charge. And, and Timothy would be in charge of, of taking over that ministry, and that's what's happening right here. And, and Paul is talking to Timothy, it's one of his and possibly his last exchange 
with Timothy. And he's saying to Timothy, hey, there are some things I want to have you review, some things that I want to have you focus on. And Timothy's scared to death. He's pastoring what very likely was the largest church of its time, the church in Ephesus. And so he's scared to death. All of these different things are happening in culture and in the church. And if you know history, you know that Nero was making it very difficult on the Christians. And so Timothy was was battling this sense or temptation, if you want to call it, to fear, to live in fear. And I can imagine that he wondered, God, what's going on? How is this all going to work out? Amen, I hear that voice. (laughs) Let me just say this, okay? (laughs) When I left crying and my dad had a hold of me in church, it wasn't going to end well. But we have more grace in this service than my dad had for me. So starting with verse 1 in 2 Timothy chapter 2, some of Paul's final words to him, as I said, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust those to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. See, not everyone is able to teach, even though they've learned we we need qualified teachers. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect, he says in verse 7, reflect on what I'm saying For the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained, praise God. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect or others, that they too may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, excuse me, if we are faithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. In verse 14, keep reminding God's people of these things. You see, there's incredible power to reviewing our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this power of reviewing our lives. And it starts with the process of reflecting. Reflect, Paul says, on Jesus. That's the first thing, on the teachings of Jesus. What did Jesus say? What's your identity in Christ? What do you need to teach and how do you need to lead others? And what is your work and your calling? So the first thing for us today, I would say, is to reflect on the things that Jesus has said. I want to go back to what I said a moment ago and, and touch on the idea that 
we shouldn't be surprised by the things that are happening in our culture. The law of entropy and thermodynamics is well at work. All things spiral downward. That's just a principle without the intervention of God, without people being surrendered to God, things will eventually spiral downward. But what has God said to us or what has the word said to us in this time? And we need to ref reflect on what he says. His grace is sufficient for us. And grace has a lot of different aspects. Grace is actually like a diamond. Right? Like, guys, if, if you want to please your wife, many, many of your wives, go and buy a big diamond. Not bigger than you can afford. I'm just saying they love sparkly stuff, okay? So go and, and look at a diamond, and you'll see that as you turn that diamond, it looks differently from different angles, right? That's kind of, kind of obvious. But grace is similar. Grace can be forgiveness when you don't deserve it, Right? Grace can be something God gives you at a key moment. Maybe it's even something you didn't understand in his word and he gives you the grace to understand it. Grace can also be strength. What did he say to Paul when Paul was having difficulty? My grace is sufficient for you. So we're, we're, I'm not going to deny that we're in crazy times, Right? being a little bit slang there, but, but we are in some of the strangest times. But we have to remember what God's word says. We have to remember what the Lord has said. I will be with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you, right? My grace is sufficient for you. It's these types of things that we have to reflect on, that we have to think about. When we're in these difficult times, our identity in Jesus Christ, who he is and the identity we have in him. I, I've been thinking a lot about this, that, that Jesus said when he was on trial, he said, my kingdom is not of this world or then would I fight. My kingdom is not of this world and that's been meaningful to me. You see, I'm... I'm I, Physically, I'm here, right? We, we live in a fallen world, but we are not of a fallen world. That's better than two amens, I'm sorry. We are in a fallen world, but we are not of a fallen world, right? We're not of this world, and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I am a citizen of heaven, Peter tried to convince the people of that. We're peculiar people. We are citizens of heaven. Understand the dynamic of who you are in Jesus Christ. The things happening around you are important. And I would say this, a lot of it boils down to our comfort. Right? That's one of the things we're so concerned with. What will happen to our, our, our country? What will happen with our kids, with our grandkids? All of these things. Can I tell you that God's shoulders are big enough for all of that? He doesn't need little old me to come up and prop him up. He just doesn't need me to do it. He says, I got this. I'm working in ways you can't even 
understand. Dan, don't limit me to, to the level of your understanding. But simply take the power and the presence of who Jesus is in your life and the Spirit of God that comes into your life when you know Jesus and live that out. Then what's our work and our calling? It's to stand and to train up leaders. It hasn't changed. It doesn't change in these strange times. Paul set Timothy in charge to lead in very difficult times. And we're in difficult times. In fact, the Bible says in the end there will be what? Perilous times. There will be perilous times. But all of the things I said about what God's going to do through us come into play during those times. And so we have to raise up a church in the midst of all of this. I, I, there's two ways to look at this, guys. You can say, oh, woe is me. We had to meet online. We had to do this. We had to do that. Guess what? God is going to build his church, and it's an exciting time. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're going to move into a building, God, God willing, this fall, and we're going to be in a building, and we get to, to build a church in one of the most exciting, tumultuous times that my generation has ever seen. And people are going to come to Jesus because they're looking for something stable. They're looking for something to stand on. Man, praise God. I might get a little excited tonight. Might break out of my sling. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Break out of my sling. Break out of jail. That'd be great. Number two, remember. So we have reflect in verse seven and verse eight. He says, remember. Remember the person of Jesus. And it kind of ties into the first one, but we want to reiterate. It's all in Jesus. And a verse that comes to my mind, Jesus says this. He was being questioned about the commandments. Which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this. All of the commandments come together in this one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. When has that been any more timely for the people of God? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Focus on others. It's so easy to get caught up in our own situation. And, you know, I think a lot of times it's also easy to let go of our focus on Jesus when everything's going good. Right? I mean, were you forced to depend on Jesus to a greater degree in the last three months? Many of us would say yes. And I think if you watched the news at all, you had to say, Lord, you, you've got to have this. You have to have a plan that I'll surrender to. See, we tend to forget Jesus in the good times and remember him most in the bad times. Ecclesiastes 5.20, great verse. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. And although we're blessed in the midst of it, too often we, be, we begin to forget 
who Jesus is, we begin to forget what we're really about, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who have you reached out to during this process? Who have you reached out to that may be in stress? Who have you reached out to to support and say, hey, I, I think you're probably going through it here. Probably going through it even maybe more than others do to your situation, whatever that might be. Focus on others. Today, remember Jesus Christ, what he's done for you and, and what he wants for you, simply to love him. And out of that will come all of your service and then to, to serve other people. Finally, the word remind helps us in this process. Verse 14, remind yourself and others. He says, remind people of the things that I'm teaching you. I have a few places written down in my Bible, in the front of my Bible, passages of Scripture where the New Testament says to remind. Remind, remind, remind. I think sometimes as Christians, it can be so easy, oh, what's, what's this guy got that's new and good? <laughs> One of my friends who is very wise in the, in the Scriptures years ago, he said this to me. He said, Dan... The problem of the average one of us as, as believers is not that we don't know enough. It's that we don't apply enough of what we know. <laughs> Remind. It's, it's the things that, that God has stated that will never go away that we need to remind ourselves and others of. Help people connect the dots. Like the video today about Life Church or Life Center. Our giving here, 90 minutes away, actually probably a little more than that from Life Center, is making a difference in downtown Milwaukee. Our, pray, our, our prayers, our giving, our giving to greater is making a difference. Connect the dots. I, I, I'll be honest, there were a couple times where I thought I would much rather be with my church family today than I would be here. You know, drinking my coffee, sitting there, you know, in my pajamas watching church. But there were a couple times that I thought, Lord, I'd rather be with my church family. Easter was the first big one. Let's connect the dots. I was a little bummed out and more people came to faith than ever in history. Let's connect the dots of who God is. Remember those things. It would not have happened if we were all comfortable the way we like to be comfortable. Remind people of who God is, who he says he is, what he's doing. You know, we love getting together in person and, and actually it's very biblical. And we want to remind you that it's important and we haven't done and made any of the decisions we've made because we're not pro-gathering in church. And we remind people of that. We, we remind people that it's so critical to teach your children. I say to my son-in-law, he's probably uh, slightly tired of hearing it, that 
children will follow, follow excuse me, the spirituality of their father statistically more than their mother. Now, if you're a lady here and, and your husband is not a believing man, we have plenty of examples where, where the next generation follows a godly woman. But we have to encourage our children even to lead and teach their children and be what God wants them to be and understand the place that God has given them. It's my place, my responsibility to help equip you and stir up the things, remind you of what God has said and what God wants to do in your life. God has so many good things in store for you, for the church, and we will, with his grace, move forward. So 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, I close with this. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you, through the laying on of hands. Therefore, he says, I remind you, review and, and, and consider what it is to, to know the Lord. It could be said this way, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. You could say it this way. I'm putting you in memory of all of these things so that by your reviewing and replaying them, you might stir up the gift of God that's in you. Don't forget what God has already done. How many times has he delivered you? We're in the midst of this, this weirdness, right, in our culture, in our society. Do you know how many times the people of God throughout history have been in some form of, of difficulty or situation? What they would do in the Old Testament, the Israelites would actually, wherever God did something great, they would build a little altar of stones. And it served the purpose of when they were journeying around the area, they could always look back to that moment, that place, and say, oh, that's Bethel, and God did this here. That little pile of stones means this. And just like God has helped you, delivered you, given you strength in the past, given the church strength in the past, we can look to those times and say, because he did it before and we understand how he works, we've, we've been in this thing a while, we can be sure that he will do it again. We just don't know how it will work, but we know that it will work. The details are still a little foggy. The ending is not. How has God healed you? How has God delivered you? How has God saved you? How has God guided you and directed you? How has he brought you through difficult times, provided for you during hard financial times, protected you from harm? Because of all of these memories, the power that's there, it gives us the opportunity to say, Lord, as I review those things, as I reflect on that, I can once again stand in faith because of those altars that we have marking our past. I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you for your church today. Thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for every person that's 
part of our extended church family, but specifically, God, you've got the people in this room this morning that you want in this room. Not one more, not one less. Nobody's here by accident. So I pray, God, for those who may be lacking peace today because of all that is happening in our culture. I pray that as they reflect on your goodness, as they reflect on your power and strength in in the past days of their lives, they even begin to thank you for those times that your peace would make its way into their heart. That you would provide peace for them, God. I pray for parents who are concerned for their children, whether those children are adults or school age or preschool age. Pray, God, that you'd give them confidence. As much as we love our kids, God, it it can't even compare to the perfect love of God that you have for every one of them. So, God, we put them in your hands, your care. I pray, God, for the person where this season has brought financial difficulty or the people that, that have endured financial trials, I pray, God, that you would help them to reflect, help them to consider all of the ways that you have delivered them. Pray, God, that you would deliver them this time. Thank you that we can have faith and confidence in you, God. You're so good to us. Lord, I pray that as we close this service, there are areas we need to push reset. There are areas where we need to get back to normal. Help us to do that. And then, God, help us to be perceptive, led by your spirit of the ways that there needs to be a new normal. And so reset will not be the same. It will be something new. Help us to see those things, God. Guide us by your spirit, I pray. Build your church. Thank you for your promise that you will build your church. The gates of hell will not prevail. We pray for our community. We pray for those who are on the front lines, God. I I pray for every person involved in all of this conflict. Like Pastor Aaron said, we're for unity. Help us to be ministers of unity in Jesus' name. Stand and join me as we worship.